Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, my friend, it's been a minute, but we're back. How you doing? What's up? It has been a minute. We had Thanksgiving, and then I almost died again. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) Glad you didn't. I hate being sick. I know. There's nothing worse than being sick. I think it's it really is the bed. worst. Even just for a day yeah. is miserable. Yeah. Was it only a day or two that you were actually feeling bad or what? No, it was like a week, but I only laid in bed for a day. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. When I'm whatever sick, the nasty it's like, like <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say when I'm sick these days, it's like, okay, just carry on with all things life as usual, except maybe take time off of work. But with little kids, they're like, you're sick? I don't care. Like, <laughs> I still yeah. want to do all the things, you know? So, yeah, man. So enjoy that bedtime is all I'm trying to say. Because one day, I did. you might not have it. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to, like, man up and go through the day. And I made it to, like, 10 o'clock. And I was, like, I was sitting in a meeting. I was, like, right. I can't do this anymore. So I just went to bed for the yeah. rest of the day. And I slept. Dude, yeah, I've been sleeping great, by the way. I don't know if it was this have sickness. You? That like I don't know did something. I wasn't sleeping great during when I was sick, but now that you know I can, I still have the congestion or whatnot. But other than that, I'm I'm back to normal. But like I was just thinking, yeah. when I got up this morning, and I was like, I I don't remember waking up once last night, which is not nice. I wake up like four or five, That's six, seven up. times a night. Um, is it pee, your recent following? Of, uh, is it your chiropractic recent followings that have you sleeping so well and yeah. your life generally way better? <laughs> I'm, I'm learning how to do chiropractic care to myself. Real chiropractic care. None of that mumbo jumbo crap where they try to get you on a, a regiment for 40, you know, 48 right. months right. and they charge you, mm-hmm. you know, $50,000 for who knows what they do in the two and a half second visit that you do when you go to the chiropractic. <clears throat> Uh, real chiropractors that can fix you and you actually be back to normal until right. you do something else right. stupid and right. they got to fix you again. That's what I'm totally for. <clears throat> no, but I've watched a lot stuff. of Instagram videos uh, on chiropractic. Nice. Yeah. It's weird things that get you into. I don't even know how they do it. Totally. How did, how totally. did Instagram know that I was like, they're like, I'm going to serve this guy up some chiropractic videos and he's going to be all. They're bad. like, you're going to be watching. You're going to be interested in this. All the back popping like it's, you know, uh-huh. it's kind of crazy when they twist people's heads. You're like, dude, don't hurt that guy. <laughs> like, be careful. <laughs> but, you know, they seem to not break necks often. So it works out. Yeah. I wonder how um, often it does happen. Because I would assume, like, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those, like, moves that, like, freak people out. So they, like, tense up and they're like, hey, calm down, chill out, relax the shoulder. Uh, and then they do it. But what happens if, like, that person freaks out in the moment that they do it? I wonder how much damage you could really do to a neck. I would assume it is a lot of damage. But Andrew actually just walked away. He had to go get uh, his youngest uh, from up from her nap. Um, but as Andrew walks away... Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to check out Dwell, we highly recommend it. We talk a lot about foster relationship with Jesus here on the This Jesus Life podcast. Um, I believe that foster relationship with Jesus and with people, the two greatest commandments, is the secret to this life. This is how we can have living water, how we can go without ever wanting. This is how we can always be in deep relationship with Jesus. It's fostering relationship with Jesus and a great tool for that is Dwell. 
So check out Dwell. You can check it out at thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash dwell. That's thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash dwell. Dwell. Dude, that's what's up. My Jana, my wife, has been using Dwell every day. She's doing the Dwell like Bible in a Year situation and has loved it. She's never... She's never done the whole Bible in the year. And okay, I say she's loved it. Some of the Old Testament, she's like, this is terrible. <laughs> like Exodus <laughs> is so long. Leviticus has all these insane rules and laws, you know, but uh, she's slogging along and making a ton of progress and uh, she's loved well. Did she so, start in yeah. January? Uh, no, she started. No, no. Oh. She started like a month or two ago. Um, and did this she start is, with Genesis? I forget which, like, is she going in order? I th- I know she started with Genesis, but it's like in the order that the books were written chronologically, um, oh, rather sad. than like how they're, uh, how they're positioned in the modern Bible, which I think is a little different. Yeah. So anyway, man, but yeah, she's going through it and she's been loving it. Yeah. She, she should have started with the new Testament. She would love life more. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be more fun, nice. obviously. So, yeah, we took dude. a break our last episode because it was our 100. We did. We did. Which is still a little mm-hmm. mind-boggling that we've done 100 of these things, and technically it's probably like 120 of these things because there's been plenty of time, including our 100th episode, uh, that we uh, we had to redo it. Or we're like, mm, that wasn't good. Let's just not release it. Or let's delete this from the record because Andrew said some very, very uh, culturally inappropriate things yeah. uh, about Highly certain people. political... <laughs> pretty bad uh you know it was just it was not my best day so we had to redo no but we did we did redo episode 100 because i think it was just me talking like somehow it was just my audio the whole time and it was was like well not our best for episode 100 you know we should redo Mm -hmm. that and then we said screw you company that we will not name that we were using we're going back to someone else we did. Yeah. We tried them all, by the way. If you're starting a podcast and you're curious, hey, what's the best yeah. programs to record podcasts for remote people? Shoot us There's up. There's not Hello one. At we'll, we'll share. We'll show the pros and cons of everything. We've used them all. We've used Riverside. We used uh, Squadcast. Mm-hmm. We've used Zencaster. Yep. We've used... There was mm-hmm. another one in there that I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't know, man. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Let us We've know. We've done them all. We'll, we'll give you, we'll give you some feedback. Yeah. We should start one. That's what we should do. That's where the real money's at with all these yeah, people out there now making podcasts. Right. Get Everyone that podcast the platform money. Podcast. Even mm-hmm. my mom makes a podcast. No, your mom joke. makes a podcast? That'd be great. No, I just thought I'd say it because it'd be a funny joke. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She should. Fair enough. I got a couple more podcast ideas in my head. They're not for me to do. Yeah. Um, they're for others, right. part of our community to do, but I'm trying nice. to put them, trying to see if Dude. I can get them on board now that I hope you you do. Know, we own a lot of podcasting equipment. Uh, I hope so you do. <clears throat> cool. That's what's up. Uh, but So we took a break, but we were in the middle of a series where we are just looking at times that Jesus just encountered people. Um, we looked at Nicodemus and the woman at the well and mm-hmm. uh, the dying thief on the cross and yep. others, Lazarus, um, others throughout the time that I can't remember because I'm pretty sure this series has been going on for months at this point. Um, we've been pretty going a while at being yeah. consistent after the new year. I won't make any promises right now. 
because Christmas. But after the new year, we will try to be better and make sure that it is consistent and we're up there every 6 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Monday mornings um, as we've been in the past. But, you know, life happens. Things happen. Um, We got to our 100th and we're like, dude, we're pros at this now. Like, who cares? And then, you know, we stopped putting out content. So that's that's one of those things. Your daughter has gotten ginormously big, by the way. She's I know, like a man. Child. I know. She, both of my both of my girls are growing like crazy. It's I know you haven't seen them for a minute, but it's pretty nuts. Yeah, you're a big kid. This my youngest is she now looks, talking she looks in like multiple her words. Sister. Yeah, she looks a lot like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and it's both crazy. Look like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no fairly like me. No offense, it pretty much they didn't get any pretty looks, much just personality, yeah, you know. At this point, no looks, <laughs> just personality. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude. Um, but Andrew, I know what we, we gotta dive in. Today, yeah, specifically today. Today we are talking about somebody that, if you've been in the church uh, very long, you've probably heard his story many times, and you've probably read many of it, the things he wrote. Uh, we're talking about Saul. Before he was Paul, we're talking about his conversion story. So Saul on the road to Damascus. Um, so a little bit of background, um, which you'll hear some in the story, but Saul was was a, a Pharisee. He was Jewish, and he was a persecutor of the Christian church. He was like, this is the main thing I'm going to do is persecute Christians and like go round them up kill them, take them to trial, like separate their families, like rough, you know? And, and he was pretty zealous from, from what he says and what you can read in the Bible. He was like all in on like, this is the right thing to do. Um, and that's kind of the backstory of, of the story we're about to read. Any more like, um, background you want to share, Josh? I don't know if you've studied Saul before becoming Paul more, but, um, that's maybe enough. But any other stuff you want to add before we dive in? Yeah. Um, you know, Saul self-described himself as a Pharisee of the Pharisees um, in one yeah. of his letters. I don't remember to which church at this point, but um, like the dude knew his stuff. Um, he was well-respected by the knowledge that he did carry. I mean, like Andrew said, he was extremely zealous to stop the church and did everything he could um, to do that. Um, was a witness or you know, had some form of perspective you know, participation in, in the death of uh, Christians. Um, you know, he was present at the stoning of Stephen um, and all those crazy things. Uh, he's on the road to Damascus, essentially to stop the church, uh, church's expansion in Damascus. I'm doing a meeting. I have to have the door closed. Sorry. Um, and this is kind of where this story starts to pick up is as he's on this road, he has this crazy moment um, with Jesus showing up. And I'm just going to try to retell the story. And Andrew, as I retell it, just kind of keep in your mind the things that I may have missed and you can fill in the gaps. But um, Saul was on his way uh, to Damascus or on the road to Damascus. Um, He has letters in his hand for the synagogues in Damascus. Um, to essentially say, you know, under the authority of, you know, the Pharisees of the ruling, you know, um, religious parties, um, this all needs to stop. I'm going to take in, in, I'm going to take into, uh, custody Christians that are start, you know, causing these issues. Um, so on this road, um, it says that, uh, a, a large flash from heaven surrounded him suddenly. 
Um, he heard this. He heard uh, a voice saying, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?" And in the midst of all those things happening, Saul falls to the ground, and then a conversation unfolds between Saul and Jesus. Um, and Jesus identifies himself. Um, Saul says, "Like who? Who are you, Lord?" And I would assume he uses the term "Lord" because, well, this doesn't happen every day. He assumes it is the supernatural, right. and God is intervening. And uh, Jesus replies, I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and do, uh, uh, and you will be told what to, you must do. Um, and then the story kind of goes on from here as, as he does eventually make it to the city. Uh, God sends another individual um, to encounter him and to take him in, um, in the process of um, kind of this time where he is blind. He can't see his vision was taken away. Um, Ananias shows up, um, lays his hands on him to restore his sight. And then the journey essentially begins for Paul. Um, you know, his name changes. Um, the Holy Spirit becomes filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning he now has direct connection with God. Um, and he starts this journey to eventually start churches all over um, um, this part of the world, which eventually continued to multiply and spread and covers the rest of the world. The church wouldn't be what it is today. Um, if Saul didn't do what God asked him to do now, sure. We could argue, well, God would just pick somebody else, <laughs> but he didn't, he chose to use yeah. Saul. And the reason we have churches, uh, in our, in, you know, down the street from us today, we have reason we have churches that follow Jesus that preach the gospel today is because of the work that Saul did and the dedication yeah. and sacrifices that he made towards that work. Yeah. Did I yeah. miss anything? Miss anything did in the story? Mention, I skipped the good chunk. I'm sorry. I was running around uh, because my daughters are not working out at all for nap time. And I told Jana, hey, you should go do a workout. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, all that to say, uh, one crazy thing. I don't know if you said it, but after Paul encountered the Lord, um, like he was blinded. And, um, and it was somebody, Ananias, who – Ananias, Ananias um, – who then came and basically Paul's vision was restored after he came and spoke with him and prayed over him. It says like scales basically fell out of his eyes, which is pretty wild. So it's just like, it's an incredible way to start your relationship with the Lord where it's like, first of all, I'm going to blind you. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to show up to you as you're traveling this road on your way to persecute Christians and carrying out what you think is my will um, I'm going to show you you're absolutely wrong. Then you're going to be blinded for a few days until you start praying. And then I'm going to speak to somebody else, tell them where to go to heal you and minister to you. And then you're going to go on your way as a missionary. You know, um, it's just, yeah, man, it's a crazy, crazy story. And like you alluded to, you know, eventually Paul did so much missions and gospel work and church planting that um, that he really launched what we see as much of the modern church, you know, and how we church is um, so much of it is based on how Paul did ministry um, specifically, which is just totally incredible. So yeah, man, yeah. You, I don't think you missed anything. You know I just wanted to part? reiterate that point. Hmm. The crazy part of this story too, I just, I just thinking in comparison to other stories is most of the time when Jesus shows up, granted, this is after his death and resurrection, right? He's already ascended into heaven at this point um, that he shows up with, with Paul. But um, 
most of the time that there there's a level of repentance that gets um that Jesus gets to the root to um, before uh, essentially introducing himself as the Messiah. Like think woman at the well, you know, you've, you've slept with five women or, you know, you've been with five husbands and the man you're with now isn't your husband. And she's blown away by, right. you know, the, right. What this essentially at the time she thought prophet was speaking about her. Um, and that doesn't happen in Saul's life. And and I think this comes back to this whole piece of like, he was a Pharisee, of the Pharisees, he followed the law. <clears throat> they followed the law to yeah. the T. He was a very disciplined man. Yeah. Um, not that sin wasn't a part of the equation, um, but it was relationship that Jesus was trying to get at, right? That there was a, there's a greater calling yeah. he was trying to get at because it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily sin. Right. And I, I just think like you could do all the right things. Not, not that I generally believe that you could actually go sinless in this life. Um, but right. you could, you know, externally look like everything's being held together and, um, you actually are obeying, you know, the commands of, of Christ and you're obeying, you know, the commands of scripture are found in scripture, I should say, they're commands of God, but, um, yeah. and everything could be going right, but you could still miss relationship. You could still miss the most important piece of all this. The fact that God wants to yeah. interact with, with his people, just like God wanted to interact with Saul. And, you know, Saul's a unique story because not all of our stories are this way. Like even no. his own, like I should no. say his calling is, is unique. Not all of us have this type of calling. It isn't this direct, it's clear. Um, the fact that he was the instrument that God has chosen to use to reach the Gentiles. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, so like it's hard to insert yourself into the story as Paul. We're not Paul. He's he was a unique individual that that did a lot of work. Uh, but I think we can look at this time of just the spread of the church and the things that God used to spread the church and spread I should say spread the gospel and His kingdom expanding. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes like it could look like bad things, right? Like going blind. I don't know what Paul was thinking in those days that that he sat there blind. I'm probably freaking out. Not 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 sure if like, probably. Um, like, am I getting it back? Is it over? Like, did I piss God yeah. off enough? And he's like, done with you, buddy. Um, but yet, this is the, the tool that right. God used to eventually birth out of him this this vision to go reach and, and establish churches all over the world, um, or all over the you know, known world at the time, I guess. Um, but I even think, like, <clears throat> you think of the other the other 11 disciples, I guess, technically 12, if you include, yeah. um, you know, the, the disciple they added at the end um, through casting lots. But um, even if you include, you know, those, sorry, those 11 disciples or 12 disciples, like, they were, for the most part, in the church in Jerusalem. Um, up until yeah. the persecution, where the spread started to happen. But I even think, of, like, the persecution, like... Here's something like if we're in the midst of it, we're like this is bad. I don't know what's going to happen. Like lose lose all hope. But here is God is using this to expand throughout all of Israel and even into some other countries to some extent of those that core um, of like yeah, Orodud stayed and probably died in Jerusalem. Um, like yeah, there's definitely things that happen that in the moment if we're per- our perspective isn't right, feel like it's an attack on us or it's hard and yeah. we're not going to overcome this or it's too difficult or I'm blind forever. And like, it was just mm-hmm. a tool that God used to get to the greater purpose. And, you know, for, you know, those, those disciples, those, that core, it was to reach the rest of, of God's people with, with this new message, this, this gospel. Um, and for, you know, um, Paul here, it was to start to reach the Gentiles, to expand outside the God's, God's chosen people to all people, um, and then let that expand and, and spread from there. And thankfully God did these things. And thankfully, you know, Paul went through this, not just 
shoot, you follow Paul's life, you know, being blind for a few days is the, is the least of Paul's worries. Paul got stoned at some point. He's been a fair amount of time in prison. Like, like Paul went through it uh, for this, this yeah, uh, message to be proclaimed to the guest, the, the Gentiles. Yeah. yeah. He went through it bad, man. <clears throat> and, uh, my theory is that in those, what was it? Three days. I think, um, the, the, yeah. the Bible says three days of him being blind, I think that uh, my best guess is that in that time, he was probably like rethinking all the decisions in his life that had led to that moment and wondering like, what in the world just happened? How did I miss it? How did I get in the, the tribe, the crew of people who followed God's law and were looking out for this Messiah and... Um, not recognize that Jesus was the Messiah we were waiting for? How did I miss it? How did I um, go down this path and believe that Jesus was just a common criminal who was trying to start an uprising and failed? You know, like that was kind of the narrative of like the the religious elite of, of the Jewish people in that time was like, yeah, we, this is not our guy. You know, Jesus isn't the Messiah that we were looking for, even though some people believe he is, they're wrong, you know, and they were positive of that. So they were persecuting the religion of, of it really called the way at the time, weren't even called Christians yet. It was just called the way where people were trying to walk in the way that Jesus walked and live out the things that he taught and similar call to what we have on our lives today to do. Um, but man, in those three days, Paul was probably praying uh, often and thinking all the time, you know, when one sense of your, um, I don't know if you've ever had it happen. I had COVID a while back and my sense of smell and taste, like my smell was just gone. My taste was radically reduced because of that. And it was weird, but I felt like, um, I leaned more on my other senses like sight and hearing and stuff, because it was just like, I had less enjoyment eating, less enjoyment drinking stuff like coffee or whatever. And, um, does that mean you just and, like, like other things at your food instead? And that's where you yeah, get the enjoyment? No, no, no. It was just it like, but, but this thing that had been so common in my life was just gone, you know? And it's like, so not as dramatic as losing your sight, you know, your vision. Um, especially then, like when, yeah, I mean, anytime if you just lose your vision out of the blue, that's crazy um, and huge. But to have it be in a God encounter, it has got to be nuts. And there's probably, he probably was assuming like, this is how my life is now and until I'm dead. Like he probably wasn't assuming that God was going to um, heal him after striking his vision down. He probably assumed like, I earned that in some way and I'm still gonna follow God and I guess I'm not gonna have vision anymore you know so just I don't know hard to get into the mind of somebody uh, where it's not he didn't explicitly say what what he was thinking or praying or feeling during that couple days but it's easy to imagine that he was like communing with God and also thinking what in the world happened where did I go wrong and uh and I think that's relatable maybe to a lot of people. It's relatable to me um, in the, the times where I've chosen to live in sin rather than try to actively follow God's will in my life. Um, 
And yeah, man, I don't know. Maybe that's a tangent worth going on or not, or going down or not. But um, it's just to say, like, he had a wild three days when he first uh, went blind. Yeah. yeah. And my youngest is yeah, now I, back with me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I wonder, I wonder in our own lives, Andrew, and maybe you can process this as I talk, but um, I wonder in our own lives, like, where, where are times that it didn't turn out like we expected? Or it felt like um, felt like whatever happened was now going to be the new normal um, that we didn't that you didn't realize or sorry I should say it this way that you now look back at and realize how God used that to propel you to new purpose to move you to a different um, thing or an idea or um, to help growth um, inside of you you know permeate and and you know flourish. Um, you know, what, what's something that maybe a dream that's now a, a thing that wasn't a thing then? I don't know. I don't even know how to ask it. <clears throat> yeah, man. I mean, uh, God uses every experience that we have in our life for the present and the future, I think. <laughs> Charlotte. She's, she's holding gonna, my mic. She's going to join the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's 100% on, on this one, right? You're in? Um I just think God uses everything in our life he has to, to propel the future he wants in us. Yeah, including this. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you're good. Like, I was just thinking, like, there's definitely dreams in my life. Like, shoot, Hill City being planted and us being where we are today, like, that came out of turmoil. That came out of hard decisions. Um, that came out of decisions I'd even make and happen to me. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say that I would never have planted a church if if you know, my last season didn't end the way that it did. Um, but I probably wouldn't have planted the church now. I probably would have kept pushing it off and pushing off like I have for the last, you know, 15 years when I felt, felt first called to plant a church. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the experiences and the time that I had in different seasons because it helped prepare me for this season. Um, even better, but, um, like Hill city wouldn't, you know, be where it's at today. Like we wouldn't see, you know, this last weekend was our second service. Um, we saw salvations come out of that. Um, you know, hopefully new baptisms, um, you know, right behind them, but, um, we'll, f we'll find out where, where those individuals ended up. But, you know, people that were hostile towards, towards the gospel and hostile towards Jesus, um, coming to moments of breaking, um, as they just recognized, um, who God was, um, you know, through a preacher that had never preached before, like, look at that um, in the midst powerful. of our, and I would argue, yeah. you know, as you know, the person that was preaching, she was probably freaking out and thinking I can't do this. And um, this yeah. is way beyond my, my abilities. And yet it's in the midst of our weakness that God shows up and intervenes. And yeah. now, you know, we see a salvation, we see salvations and uh, probably an entire family transformed and changed from this point forward um, in life. Like that would never have happened if the hard things that, you know, shifted my focus or shifted our direction, um, didn't yeah. land us here. Um, and now we're starting yeah. to see the fruit of that. And that's just, you know, salvation's a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's one story yeah. of a lot of stories that maybe it wasn't necessarily the point of salvation, but it was people coming back to God or, um, it's stories of just growth where people have been in the same place for 20, 30, you know, possibly even 40 years. Yeah. Um, 
you know, with God where, you know, they found salvation, but nothing ever changed beyond that. They didn't know how to actually be a disciple of Jesus and more importantly, a mature disciple of Jesus or a reproducing disciple of Jesus. And now they're at this place where, where they are um, on that journey towards becoming a reproducing disciple or what we call a spiritual parent. Like that's a big deal. Um, and it was the hardness of my life that brought us to this place, not to bring everything to me. There was hardness in a lot of our leaders lives, um, where God did some sh- shifting and changing and molding and, and rebreaking and, and rebuilding, um, to get our hearts to this place where we can do what we're doing today. But, um, like it came out of hard, it came out of difficult times. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we look at difficult times, um, especially when you're in the midst of it, right? Like it's hard to get a perspective beyond it um, when you're in the middle of it. But um, oftentimes like at difficult times that like we're being cursed by God. Well, let me first tell you this cur- blessings and cursings don't exist in the new covenant. They're, they're nowhere in there. Um, you're not going to fight them. It's a principle of the old covenant and existed for Israel um, and Israel alone. Um, for us, you know, God, God was clear. He'll, he'll bless people that follow him, that hate him. Like he's going to bless the, you know, um, the followers and the unfollowers. It, it doesn't matter. His blessing is beyond all of those things, but, um, <clears throat> and cursing comes with, you know, the fall of, of creation. Um, yeah. but I think oftentimes we look at the hard things of our life and we assume we're bad, we're wrong. We deserve this. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, your actions can definitely lead to those things, right? Like God's not going right. to shield you from the consequences of your behavior. Um, but at the same time, um, in the midst of those things, we can be looking at them as like, this is a moment for, for shifting and changing to happen in my own heart and life. Um, and yeah. maybe there's a, a new dream that's going to come out of this or a new purpose that's going to come out of this. Yeah. Hopefully even more importantly, maybe a new depth of relationship with Jesus that I didn't have before um, because yeah, I chose man. to lean Dude, in when it got hard. One of the, one of the hardest things in my life in the last few years was uh, was being fired from my last job, and not not actually fired. It was uh, right. there was a big reorg, reorg that happened, you know, marketing reorg and at my employer. And at the time, I was like, "Wow, is God setting me adrift?" It was right before my youngest, who's been in this podcast episode, hence why I've been muted so much. Um, it was right before she was born. Like a week before she was born, I found out my uh, my job was going away, and I just had a few months until that was official. So, in that moment, um, I mean, I had trust in God. I, I knew enough to know God was good and that God was faithful. He had just taken me through multiple years of teaching me I am faithful, you know. Um, but it was still hard, and it was still like, wow, like what do I do with this, you know, like. If not, if I don't work here, where do I go? What do I dedicate my time and energy to? And like, do I do I totally change up my career? Do I keep doing what I'm doing? Do I go for opportunities that are here? But like, God used that experience to move me into something much better at the same employer and for a mission I'm passionate about and dedicated to, you know? Um, and I don't know what the future holds. Like, crazy stuff could happen and there could be another big reorg. Uh, a year from now or whatever. But God used that to not only move me career-wise into something that was better that I wouldn't have looked for um, otherwise, but also to to move me into deeper relationship and trust with him. You know, it, uh, it, it started a mark of kind of a new season in my life around that time. And um, yeah, man, not something comfortable, not quite as bad as um, 
having your sight taken and God kind of rebuke you and say, why are you persecuting me? Like Saul might have had, but it was still, it was still an intense moment and one that I feel like, yeah, like anytime there's huge things happening in life, I think that's maybe just a chance to, to listen and to also, um, learn quite a lot about what kind of foundation your relationship with the Lord is built on. You know, like, are you still standing on sand? Is your foundation on sand, like Jesus talked about? Um, Or are you planted on some rock? And it's probably not 100% rock, but you just need some, you know, it's like, can I, Mm -hmm. can I have some solid ground? And for me in that season, it was like, God has taught me he's faithful. He's taught me that for two years, two and a half years, I can't forget that. Um, and I also can't uh, let my circumstances give me fear, even though plenty of fear around that uh, that happened. You know, it's like God, God's yeah. going to provide. That's his job. And he will provide a, a job for me to do to meet those needs. So anyway, man, just one small way I can relate. And it's every time there's a big um, decision like that or a big moment like that, it's it's a chance to see where you stand, I guess. Um, yeah, a yeah. chance to see if it's solid or not. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I, here, here's the biggest part of it all, right? Like, and this is something God's been teaching me over the last three, three and a half, four years is, you know, th- this whole piece is about fostering relationship with God and with people. And um, as we deepen that those relationships more importantly the relationship with god and as we deepen that like he becomes our source of peace he becomes our source of patience he becomes our source of of these things and in the midst of that we can find these places of hope regardless of the circumstances that are around us um and i think that's a big piece of um um I think that's, sorry, I'm trying to read messages and talk at the same time. And I think that's a big piece to remember. Um, like even in the midst of hard times, you can still have great hope, um, but it comes from foster relationship with Jesus. Um, and even when you're in the midst of hard times and, and it's a shaping season for you, like we don't lose hope. We don't lose the fact that I could have living water where I never thirst again. Like I can still be at the source of, yeah. of my everything, um, even when it's difficult. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's what mature believers look at, look at like, that's, that's the piece yeah. of, of, um, hope, <clears throat> um, that we, that we can cling to, um, is, is that relationship with Jesus, regardless of what's going on around us. And I think that starts to change your perspective of even when hard things happen in life and around you, it's not even a perspective of like, well, how is God going to use this, um, to change me? Who knows? Um, probably in the midst of it, probably the worst time to try to figure that out. Um, you know, most of the time it's, Hey, just lean more deeply on Jesus. Um, have more conversations with Jesus, dig deeper into those relationships with Jesus. Um, or that relationship with Jesus and, you know, let that be your focus of those seasons rather than, you know, how is God going to change me or, you know, you know, it's the beauty of time and yeah. perspective that you're able to look back and see how God used those things. But when you're in the midst of it, it's only going to stress you out. It's only going to create more fear. It's only going to do difficult things when you're trying to figure out something that God's not revealing in the moment, just focusing on your relationship with Jesus. Um, I'm telling you, it's the most yeah. freeing experience of life where you're not in control of your own growth. Like Jesus is, um, on your job is to foster relationship and be a part- active participant in that relationship. But God leads the way, man, things get easier. Um, this is where we start to feel like sheep. Um, most of us don't like to give up that level of control of our lives, but I'm telling you on the other side of it, 
outside of difficult seasons. Like this is the beauty of it. Like I was able to yeah. be a sheep in the midst of it and just follow, you know, my shepherd's lead. Um, and on the other side of it, I look at the growth that came out of it, um, in myself, um, the new callings purposes, you know, whatever, um, that came out of myself. And, you know, there's that big piece too. Uh, but Andrew, coming to the end of this show, what's your final Dude, thoughts? My final thought, and hopefully my daughter's not screaming in the background, um, but as you were saying that, something I notice about Paul Saul's story before he becomes Paul is that God didn't just take everything from him. He took like his vision for a minute, and then um, and then he gave it back. But but in the midst of that, God did. Uh, repurposed his calling. He went, okay, you've been zealous for the Jewish faith. You've been doing what you believe to be good from your faith. And I'm actually not going to take that zeal or that calling from your life, but I'm going to redirect it. You know, God's like, you've been persecuting the church. I actually want you to be amplifying the church. I want you to be taking the gospel and spreading it rather than trying to crush it. And it's like it's a cool thing and there's no guarantee what God will uh, stamp out of our lives or bring into our lives or magnify in our lives when hard things come and when surprising circumstances come. But at least in Saul's story, we can know it wasn't like, um, Paul, that no longer matters in your life. It was actually like, Paul, this matters more than ever in your life because you were wrong and because Jesus was the Messiah. And because I'm now going to take you and and use you to spread this gospel to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the known earth at the time, um, and going to use you for good to build build the church on. You know, like you're going to be a key part in this thing. So um, just kind of a cool thought and in, hopefully encouraging thought, especially if you're listening and you're going through a hard moment right now. Uh, don't think that our God is a God who constantly is like, I'm just going to take everything that I made you to be and call it bad and switch it probably not he's probably going to redirect things in our lives though through the hard circumstances through the surprising circumstances like a light flashing from the sky and a voice thundering down around paul and his companions saul and his companions you know saul why are you persecuting me um the redirect you know the blinding the the refocusing and um, using somebody who used to be a tool of fear to followers of the way to be um, really like somebody at the vanguard pushing uh, followers to fully live out the way that Jesus lived. So um, that's my final thought, man, is like, I think God sometimes needs to repurpose or reshape uh, the things he already made in us and magnify some of them and diminish some of them and um, and make us more like him through the process. So that was my final thought, my man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say this too, like, I, I don't think majority of us go through experiences like Paul's going through here that um, is so drastic, right? Like Paul was persecuting the church. He was trying to stop a movement that God had initiated. Um, and he was doing it in, in a relatively aggressive way. Um, and, and God was going to grab a hold of his heart and, and switch him and completely shift his direction of what he was going to be doing, you know, from persecuting to deeply loving and expanding the church. Um, and I would say, you know, because just because we're not going to experience, you know, such drastic things, we're going to experience, you know, redirection from God. Um, and I would say just, just get on the boat and go for the ride. 
um, you know, you're going to be a, a, a better follower of Jesus. You're going to be a better human. You're going to love deeper um, when you get to the end of that ride um, with God um, than fighting him along the way. I think all too often we fight and fight and fight. Um, and I would say this too, like, you know, of course, you know, we look at this and we are able to say it's a God ordained moment. Well, there's going to be hard things and bad things that happen to you that aren't necessarily God ordained. It was just the evil of the world getting, you know, getting their hands on you. Um, someone's poor decisions causing harm in your life. Um, God can redeem those as well. God can definitely use those things for your, your betterment and your good. He tells us that. Um, so jump on the boat, go on, go on with Jesus for the ride. Make sure you're focusing in on a relationship. Make sure you're fostering a relationship with God and with people. Make that be the primary focus of what you do as a follower of Jesus. And then be obedient in the midst of those relationships as God guides and directs and shifts and changes and all those fun things. Um, but Man, I, I know it feels terrifying to not be in control, um, but at the same time, I, I don't know of any story where someone was walking with God, life got hard, they followed God through the hard, and it didn't turn out for the better on the other side of it. Um, maybe not what we wanted. Could definitely be a different um, perspective. Doesn't mean there wasn't grief in the process of that. You lost things or someone or th- uh, some things. Um, dreams died, those kinds of things. But what you received in return was greater than what you lost. Um, and it's going to be better every single time. Um, so jump on the ride with God. And when things get hard, make sure he's your primary focus. That's where you go to foster relationship. Um, and man, I'm going to tell you on the other side of it, not just from my own experiences, but from the experiences of those around me. Um, you know, in the middle of it, it's hard. <clears throat> it's difficult. It's a thousand different reasons why you're probably in the midst of it. Um, But at the same time, God can definitely redeem it um, for your betterment and for the betterment of his kingdom. Um, So jump on the boat. um, Go on the ride. Let him let him lead the way. Andrew, my buddy, as always, my friend, it's good to see you. I'm glad we're able to finally get back to recording. Uh, It's felt like decades and decades. Hopefully we can knock out two next week so we don't miss one over Christmas. Uh, And we'll do our best to do that for you guys. But thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us. And we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.